All right, there you go. All right, welcome. We're going to try this again. This First of all, can you hear us? Before we do all that, can you hear us? We're trying to make sure that we are available for you to hear us. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Yes, okay, they say they yes, hear. we can hear. All right, all right let's so start over. This is take two. <laughs> this is take two. Welcome to our Sunday morning celebration broadcast, right? We told you guys that we were working on improving the quality of the broadcast. And so as a result, this morning, we have a whole studio effect. We have Pastor Ralph and we have our oldest son, Chase, and they are in a studio helping us figure this out. Right. And so we did not unmute. And so we were talking. You missed all these wonderful things that we said to you. And <laughs> so we're, we're going to say them again. We're going to say them again. Right. And so we want to say welcome and good morning and thank you and we love you and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. So how do you do that? You can clap your hands. You can open your mouth. You can, you can give, give us some hearts, hearts, some likes, some likes. And then what we want to ask you to do is what we call social media outreach, yes. where we ask you to share the broadcast. Now, Pastor Edwin is super excited about I something am. that happened last week. So tell them about that. So last week we asked you to do some social media outreach and you guys showed up big. We had 150. 15 uh, original shares to the broadcast on last week. It's the most we've had in the 30 something weeks we've been doing this. Over 8,000 people were able to watch that video. Our goal was to eventually get to 10,000, but the only way we can do that is we keep doing what you did last week. So you know of us, we'd like to always be improving. We like to always be getting better. So we had 115 shares last week. Let's at least get 116 this week. How do we do that? You share it to your page. You share it to any groups that you have permission to share it to and share it to your story. That's everybody can share it at least probably two, maybe three, even more, even more places. And we can get over to that 115. Tomorrow. So let me tell you this, because yep. do you guys know this? Do you know that your story only lasts 24 hours? I did not know that until last week. And you told me. So after 24 hours, I reshared it again. Right. So yeah. it's like you listen. So you share it on Sunday. You now, share that it doesn't count as an original like, but it does get more people to see it. But it does. It does yes. get more people yes. to see it. Yes. So you can put it on your story on Tuesday. Yep. You can put it on your story on Wednesday. Right. So we encourage you guys to help us as we take this word all over the world, because this is a church teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. Yes. So welcome, 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 welcome. We're super excited to have you. Super and we're excited. Gonna start, we got some announcements. We always have announcements. We Are do. We so, he, announcements? so here's our weekly announcements. As you know, uh, we, we kick things off, obviously, uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, hopefully you're getting on there and you're, you're, you're listening to Chris at 9.30 a.m. Uh, it's, uh, it's so peaceful. She did a great job. She, did a, she always does a great job. Her and, and Elder Valley, you know, we get to the church early so that we can get things set up. And literally, sometimes things aren't working the way they want to. And I start to get frustrated. I can just hear Chris worship and it just makes everything better. So I don't know about you guys, but I would certainly be joining in on Sunday mornings at 930 a.m. You can listen to her on her page at Kristen Valley Worships. And we also share it this page as well. Uh, but you need to go to her page. You need to like her page. You need to click so that you get the notifications so that as soon as she comes up live, you get the notification. So that happens at 930. And then, of course, at 10 o'clock right here, same bat time, same bat station every week. You're either going to have me or Pastor Sean or you might get both of us. 
but we're going to be here at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We're going to be sharing some practical uh, words of wisdom straight from the word of God uh, to help you improve your everyday life. So that happens at 10. And then we don't stop then. On Monday, we come right back here uh, with Mindset Monday. It's on Pastor Sean's personal page. Uh, professional I've, page. Professional her. her professional page, not her personal page, on her professional page. Uh, many of you join in. Uh, she has different topics that she's talking about, but it's always things is going to help you improve in some area of your life. On Tuesday night at 8 p.m., we have prayer. Something supernatural always happens. When what? When we pray. When we pray. Every time. Every single time something supernatural happens. Even if you ain't seeing it, something supernatural is happening. So join us right here on Fellowship of Champions uh, Facebook page on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You don't even have to worry about having your, your picture up or doing. You can be in. Yeah, you can be getting home, cooking dinner, whatever you need to do. But you can be tuned in and you can be listening to one of our uh, beloved uh, prayer warriors, one of our intercessors who will be praying us uh, through our prayer initiatives. Amen. And then, of course, on Wednesday night, you can access Refresh Bible Study. I encourage you to do it. Uh, the teaching is is wonderful. It's practical. It's down to earth. It's hilarious. Uh, Ralph always has some some funny comment he throws in there. It just keeps your attention. So I, I encourage you to make sure that you are tuning in. He moved it from 830 Central Standard Time. He backed that up to 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that way, all of our visitors on the East Coast, uh, you can get in a little earlier and get out a little earlier. Uh, so we moved that back. So it's at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. Uh, I think that's all. Is that all of our announcements? Did I missed something on Thursday, Friday? No, I just, but I got a couple things. I okay, go ahead. So, one, don't forget that we are doing um, Victory Zone for our kids. Absolutely. You can access uh, that on the website if you have small kids. Yep. You need to make sure that they are getting connected to the word and growing in the thing. And I just want to tell you this just like it's important to make sure that your kids know their ABCs and their one, mm -hmm. two, threes, it is so important for your kids to know about Jesus. Yes. It is so important yes. for your kids to know about Jesus. And you try. Train them up when they're young, so when they're old, even when it looks like they're departing, they actually they, they aren't actually, departing because the word is in them, yes. right? And then That's on right. Thursday nights, we have Ignite, which is for our teens. And so I just wanted to say, did you see those announcements scrolling across the bottom? Look yeah. at it now. This is super cool. Listen, I don't want to take light of this because this is super exciting. Yeah. Listen, is this buffering for everybody? I saw the comment because if it's just buffering for one person, your solution is to go out and to come back. Back in, so we need to know can can the majority of you hear? And I think what happens too is when people come into the broadcast, they're seeing that first part when the people couldn't hear us. So if they're just now joining, that may be also happening for them. But uh, if if other people can't hear us, let us know. Uh, we look at the comments. So if you can't hear us, somebody says no buffering. It's clear for them. Somebody said this is okay. This is so fire. If it's buffering for somebody, then you need to go out and you need to come back in. All right. So I'm Sandra said it's fire. So that's great. So I'm excited. I just want to say you look really cute in your shirt today. Thank you. I love this shirt. My wife picked it out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you have any idea that two years ago I could not have gotten past Edwin to wear anything with flowers on it, but today, look at him rocking these. <laughs> and so, listen, we have another special announcement we next do. Sunday. Oh, man. Next Sunday, in order to kind of not even we don't know if we're wrapping this series up, but to do something new in this series, we will be doing live. 
a Zoom live, yeah. right? And so it's, and it's, it's so important that you really listen to this, okay? Because as of today, there's only 12 people who registered. Mm. Next Sunday, the only way you'll be able to see us right here in this broadcast situation is if you register to be in our Zoom call. It is very easy to do. They're going to put some information up on the screen for you. You're going to be able to see um, the, the place you need to go. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you what it is. It's www.facebook.com. That's really easy. Facebook.com. And then it's the forward slash F-O-C-N-W-A. And you say, oh, I can't remember all that. Listen, if you have liked our page, the Fellowship of Champions page, it is pinned at the top of that page on Facebook. You need to go to that link. It takes you five seconds, literally. You click the link, you put your email address in there, and then it sends you the code to be able to join. And then next week on, on Saturday night, we're going to send out a mass thing to remind you how to get in, and we'll do another one on Sunday morning. You can't call us on Sunday morning at 9.45 saying, I forgot to register. I want to get in. We won't even be looking at the links, okay? So do it now. We're going to have some great discussion. People are going to get to ask questions. We're going to get to take their questions and answer those questions. We're going to get to share with one another. But if you want to be a part, you must register. Did I, did I make that point enough? Yes, and three people just registered while you were talking Praise about it. God. Three people That's just registered. That's how fast it is. The link is above, and you should register. Now, listen, we're super excited about this series. Super we're excited. getting so, oh, we have one more. Thank you, everybody who oh, sold into us for yes. Pastor's Appreciation Month. Yes, thank we you. We really, really appreciate you. Every note, every. every uh, we got some cards. Card, every gift card, every uh, Facebook message. Listen, we don't take it for granted that uh, you, you didn't have to do that. And so we appreciate those of you who reached out and said, hey, we just want to tell you we appreciate what you guys are doing. We do it because the Lord told us, but it's wonderful to have people who tell you that they appreciate you for doing it, right? And we want to thank our partners for being such tremendous givers because yes. we were able to be a blessing, a financial blessing to the Marlows, to the Valleys, and to the Washingtons, right? Because we appreciate what they do for us. Well, right? their spouses may say specifically, we were a blessing to Chandra, to Ralph, and to Chris. But but collectively, yes. But we, we honored our pastors this year. It was the first time we were able financially to honor our pastors. This year. Well, I just want to say this. Shame <laughs> on them if they didn't get a piece of that because they put that work in. But y'all had that conversation <laughs> later, right? But listen, you got to understand, like, Pastor Edwin's money is my money. It's our it's our money, my money. All right. <laughs> right. So we are really excited about this series because this series is changing lives. Yes. And I want to tell you that the Lord gave me a word last night that this was a season that November and December would be a time of um, supernatural breakthrough. And it mm -hmm. would be a time of accelerated growth. Amen. And I believe that we need to apply that to what is happening here financially. Amen. I want to start this off with a testimony because I got a, I got a testimony that I'm super excited about. Okay. Right. Because we know that we said that one of the ways that you know that you're being influenced by poverty is when is when you struggle to tithe and when yes. you struggle to give. Yeah. Right. And to be a sower. And so and then we'll pray after this. But I just want to start it with a testimony because the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and i believe that this testimony is going to become a breaker for somebody right now 
So at the beginning of October, you know, I talk about how at the beginning of the year, the Lord gave me a specific offering to give every week, right? The beginning of October, he said, I want you to give your offering all at one time. I don't want you to give it each week. I just want you to pay one payment. It was a pretty big payment to me. It may not have been to other people, but it was a pretty big payment to me. And so what happened is I gave it on the first service, mm -hmm. right? And the second service I remembered, but by the third service, I forgot. And so the third service, I gave what my normal offering would be plus my tithe. The fourth service, I gave my number normal offering plus my tithe. Even though you had already gave it. Because I had month. given it at okay. the min beginning of okay. the month. Okay. So the first testimony is right. I'm increasing at such a point that I don't even realize that I've already given it. Right. Oh, that's good. Now, that's the first testimony. Yeah. But here is the big testimony. Okay. My business had the largest month it has ever had in the history of my business. In fact, my business in the month of October made more than it made the first two years that I was in business. Wow. And all I kept thinking about is when I was a kid and our grand, my grandmother and them, they used to sing, yep. you can't beat God's giving. <laughs> no matter. No matter how hard <laughs> you try. Like, it's like literally, so I have forgotten that I gave this amount, mm. right? And because I want to be a giver, because I want to be a blessing, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm giving it again. And he's like, you're not go out give me Sean mm, Strickland mm. and so then he brings in people to come and be a part of my business and my business did more than it's ever done before wow. and but I also gave more than I ever gave before not even realizing it and I didn't miss a beat because so, you can't beat God you giving. cannot beat God's <laughs> giving I want somebody to say that say Amen. you cannot beat you God's giving be you giving. cannot beat God's giving you know and people hear that sometimes and they go oh you know that sounds like you're saying it because you're trying to get something from us listen whether you share that testimony or not, your business had already prospered. Yes. It's a principle. And when you get involved yes. with principles, a principle is a principle because it can be replicated. Yes. You know, the law of gravity is a principle. It can be replicated. We understand it. We, we know it scientifically. It works regardless to your age, your gender, your ethnicity, any of that, right? So principles work. And, you, and, and here's a principle. You can't beat God's giving. You simply cannot. And if you think you can beat God giving, you ought to try it. You ought to try it. <laughs> and I bet you it. won't. I bet you won't. So <laughs> you our expectation it. is, I really, I got to say, I love that these little highlights that you can highlight people's comments. Yeah, coming they're up great. Here I think they're great. Um, yeah. I, our expectation for you is that this month you're going to experience supernatural breakthrough that as you obey Amen. God, as you obey God, I put a post up and I said, if you want the things that I'm talking about, this supernatural breakthrough, if you want this accelerate there are three things you're going to need in this month okay right all right number one you need the wisdom of god okay you need the wisdom of god you need to hear what he's telling you to do then you need to believe what he's telling you to uh, do right yeah. and then you need to do it now that's so simple they need the wisdom of god you need to uh, believe it. Believe what what he tells you, and then you need some action. You need to do it. You need to so do you it. Need wisdom. You need to believe the wisdom. You need to believe the wisdom enough to do to it. do it. I like that. And I want to challenge you guys, like man, that. in these last two months, because I believe that where we are is setting us up for the next season. In fact, the word the Lord gave me back in August was that He was setting us up for the next seven to ten years. This is the time to get discipline in your life. Mm -hmm. This is the time to stop going back and forth to stop being double-minded, to stop being lukewarm, and to deal with this spirit yes. of poverty, yes. to put it under your feet once and for yes. all. 
You need to do that. And let me tell you why this is so important. Because when we don't obey God, mm -hmm. the enemy uses our disobedience to get us to feel guilty so we can't even receive the help right. that God is trying to give us, right. Right? right? It's not that God needs our perfection. It's that when we practice disobedience, the enemy accuses us. He accuses us in the heavenlies and he accuses us below yeah. to ourselves. Yeah. So then when we need something, then he throws up that you didn't tithe. Yeah. He throws up that you didn't yeah. pay your bills the way he told you to do. Yep. He throws it up. And so one of the ways that you can cut off his ability to torment you and accusing you is to obey God. Obey. Because then what you say obey is God. when it looks tight, you say it may look tight, but I know I obey I, God. I know I obey. And I know I, know, I got seed in the and ground. And I know I got seed mm -hmm. in the ground. And mm -hmm. nobody with seed in the ground doesn't get a harvest. That's right. Amen. Amen. So you want to pray this morning? You can. Oh, I knew you was going to do that. <laughs> I knew you was going to do that. You see how I tried to slide it over there to you? But, but, you, but you, you asked instead of saying, telling me to do it. So you go. Uh, I got it. <laughs> Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just bless you and yes, honor you today. You, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. Yeah. You're such a gracious and a kind God. <laughs> and God. we appreciate that you have been mindful of every area of our lives, yes. including our finances. Amen. We thank you that you said in your word that for G that Jesus became poor, that we through him might be rich and that you did not just mean our spiritual walk, yes. but that you care about every area of our lives. So we thank you that we're redeemed and we thank you that we're righteous. And we thank you that Jesus paid the penalty for all of our sins yes. and the effect of sin. And one of the effects of sin is poverty. Yes. And so we thank you that we have your written word that we can read. And anytime we can see here and understand, we should be converted yes. and healed. And we thank you for the Holy Ghost. Yes. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher, yes. our great teacher. You yes. are more, you're better than our experiences. You're better than our opinions. Um, you are better than anything that we think, any knowledge from the world. Yes. And your job is to search the heart of the Father so we can know yes. what is freely being given to us. So Holy Spirit, illuminate us today. Yes. Break every shackle break every chain and cause your people to walk in a new level of freedom, yes. God. And then bring us into a place that we don't just want increase for our own families, but we want increase so that we can do kingdom work. You told us in 2 Corinthians 9, you told us that if we would be cheerful givers, if we would obey you in our lives, that what you would cause us to do is to walk in abundance and have yes. enough for good works and charitable donations, Lord. And so we thank you that as we're entering into this season and there's so much much uncertainty that we will not be the people in need of help, Amen. but that we will be the people Amen. who are the helpers, the helpers because we have tapped into your wisdom. We walk in obedience and we believe what you say. Make us the example of kingdom yes. citizens. Yes. Make us the example of what it is like to have wealth flowing through our hands so that we can bless our families, leave an inheritance and bless the world around us. Amen. And we will give you all the glory yes. for it in Jesus name. In Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. 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 So amen. as you guys know, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about how to identify or how to recognize when you are being influenced mm -hmm. by a spirit of poverty. Because I thought what you said was so good that the spirit of poverty, it doesn't really want to just come in and take over. It wants to slightly nudge you away from the things that God would have for you. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we said last week, which is, which is what we're going to talk about today, is that poverty is is, is not a state of being. Uh, you can you can you can you can be, not have money. You can be what they call in poverty today, and, and tomorrow things will change. Poverty is a spirit, though, 
And if you don't deal with the spirit, no matter what takes place on the mm -hmm. outside, the inner workings of that thing is still there. Mm -hmm. And so we started talking about how poverty is a mindset. And so today we want to talk about how to deal with the poverty mindset. Like if I've identified, you know, and it's funny because even when we went through those seven things, I had to go back and go, okay, there's some, there's some areas that I need to, I need to sure up. There's some things that I didn't consider. You know, there were comments that people made and I was like, wait a minute, you know, maybe I still struggle in that area a little bit. Uh, and, and, and so it was like one of those layers that you get pulled back and we'd be like, okay, I didn't realize that was there. Let me deal with it. Right. And so one of the things that we said was that poverty is a mindset. And if it's a mindset, then it's a paradigm. And if it's a paradigm, a paradigm can be changed. Right. And so what we're saying here is that Jesus, he dealt with the spirit of poverty. The spirit of he is the reason we have dominion over the spirit. Yes. It's our responsibility to deal with the mindset of poverty through the Holy Ghost. Right. Because it's like it's like when you get born again, when you get born again, you don't automatically forget all the wrong stuff you knew how to do come on you, you don't you don't forget how come to on. lie you don't forget how to cheat you don't forget how to be angry and mean and sin what happens is you get born again that's your spirit man right mm -hmm. but then we have to do what we call the self-development work mm -hmm. we have to do that romans 12 and 2 we have to be transformed by what the renewing, renewing. of our minds and, and for anybody who is um who is um, has a problem with personal development is what the Bible would also call the work of sanctification. Sure, absolutely, it's the work of sanctification. Absolutely. You know, and I I grew up Kojic, right? They told us all the time there's a there's a difference in being justified and being sanctified. I'm justified when I accept Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. They didn't say it like this, but it's what they meant. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? But if I want to be sanctified, if I want to be cleansed, there are some things I have to learn to get out of my life that has been in my life prior to my justification. Now, I know we're talking about poverty, but people yeah. can apply this to anything, Absolutely. right? Because that's the reason that a lot of believers really love God, but they still struggle. You've been justified. It's why they say, I, I'm saved, but I cuss a little. I'm saved, but I cuss or, a little. Or, or I'm you know, saved I and I have, a, I have a little sex. Or right. I'm saved and I drink a little. Right. Or I'm saved and I do a little. It, it's funny, but it's not funny in the sense if you understand that what you're saying is I'm justified, but I'm not working on my sanctification. Ooh, I'm justified, mm -hmm. but I'm okay living like the world. Mm -hmm. I'm justified. And, and here's the thing, because I want you to understand this, that when we are inviting you to break out of the spirit of poverty, we are inviting you to stop living like the world. Yeah. But yeah. when we're inviting because you it's poverty to, to, to be a king and to live like a pauper, it's, 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 it's poverty to be royalty, but then live like a regular citizen. So we so when we talk about it in terms of the kingdom, it's, it's, it's poverty to be a kingdom kid, but then not act like kingdom kids. Mm -hmm. So then it's poverty to be born again and righteous and still play with sin. Right. So I just wanted to throw right, that in because right, that was right, free. Right. Okay. Now we're still talking about the spirit of poverty we are. because the spirit of poverty doesn't just attack money. Yes. It's not poverty is not just a money issue. Poverty will, will get into your life and it will deal in all areas of your life. The Bible describes poverty like a leaven. It says a little leaven or a little yeast does what? It makes the whole cake rise. And so we have to make sure that when we deal with this mindset of poverty, that we're dealing with it in the appropriate manner.
Okay. Because poverty is rooted in deception. Sure it is. And so even when we get into whether we're talking about money, because I love that you said poverty will impact every area mm -hmm. of your life, right? It's it's the spirit of poverty that makes you think that it's not enough money, but it's also the spirit of poverty that makes you think it's not a good spouse for you. Absolutely. It's the spirit of poverty that makes you think you have to go your own way to get what God said. So I love that you said that because, because the root of poverty is deception. And then what that deception will do is it will pull you into rebellion mm -hmm. and you will love God, but you will still do things your own way. Well, and I think we've said that the last couple of weeks, we said, number one, that the central point of our teaching is to help people identify and dismantle mm -hmm. anything that may be influencing them to remain loyal to the spirit of poverty. Yes. We notice we didn't say anything about money in that. Yes. We didn't mention money in that. We talked about the spirit of poverty and anything in your life that will have you to remain loyal to it. We want to help you with the teaching that will cause you to break free from that. The other thing we said was that the spirit of poverty is a demonic force that seeks to rob God's children of provision and abundance. And it operates. What did you say? Through deception. Through deception. It, it operates through deception. And then last week we said it, off, it often operates in tandem with these other discouraging spirits mm -hmm. like the spirit of inferiority, low self-esteem, and, and incidents of trauma in your life. And so you have to be able to identify those incidences of trauma to notice even possibly when this spirit had access to you. Yes, 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 yes. And so the spirit of poverty uh, has but one agenda. And we talked about that. And that was to pull you down and convince you that God's word isn't true. Mm -hmm. Again, that word deception, mm -hmm. deception. It wants to deceive you. Um, the spirit of poverty wants you to think that the promises of God, not even that they're not true, because if he convinced you it wasn't true, it wouldn't be so bad. He wants to convince you that they're true, but they're not true for you. They're not true for you. That's right. They're not true for you. That other people can have it, but you but can't. You can't. Yep. Yeah. And that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And because it, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Yes. Well, and it, what it wants you to do is that thing that I, you know, I talk about sometimes with my clients is that it wants you to believe that your situation is so unique that God doesn't have a solution for yes. it. Yes. And so what I want to say to all of you is that, yes, you are special. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, but your situation is not unique. Yeah. You do not have a situation that God doesn't have a solution for. Say this. Heaven has already dealt with a problem like mine. Oh, yeah. Y'all put that in the comments. That's good. Heaven, Heaven has, has already, already dealt with a problem, problem like mine. With a, like mine. You, you, you are not unique in your, in your problem. Heaven had solution for every problem mankind would ever face, even your unique one. And the good news is, is that heaven has already dealt with it. Heaven That's has already good. dealt with a problem like mine. That's good. Y'all need to say law on that. Heaven has already dealt with. You got a problem cussing. You got a problem with sexual sin. You got a money problem. You got a problem with anger. You got a problem with trauma. Heaven has already, already. dealt with a problem like yours. Listen, I, that, that's that's good stuff right there. I done got. I said I heard the Holy Spirit said it. I got excited. Nothing I'm facing catches heaven off guard. Yeah, and heaven's not trying to find a solution. It already has dealt with it. It's already got a solution for any problem that I could possibly have. Yes, that's good. my goodness. So what we're what we're intentionally doing today is we are dismantling false perceptions. Yes, we want to deal with Dis these strongholds and, and perspectives yes. and these par wrong paradigms. 
you know, Second Corinthians 10, it says that with the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold, here's an illustration I used with mm. Canaan the other day, okay. right? So I want you to understand that every single day, because all the enemy can do is mimic God. Mm. Everything he does is just a mimic of what God has already yep. done, right? So God gives us thoughts and those thoughts, I want you to think about those thoughts as being bricks. Mm. Those thoughts are bricks. So the thoughts you have that God is love, that God cares about you, that you are righteousness, that you have a right to hear from God, they are bricks. You're going to take those bricks and build something. Mm. But the words of the enemy, they are bricks too. Yeah. They are bricks too. So if you grew up in poverty of any kind, right, then you've had a lot of bricks. Yeah. And many of you, without realizing it, you built a house of hell. Mm. You built a house. Mm. And so if you think about it, if you just think about any bricked building, you're not just going to take off running and kick that building and it's going to fall down. Right. You're not going to nope. do that. Nope. And that is why people really have to dig into the word because you have been taking bricks. Every time you get a thought, you're building a house for heaven and kingdom or you're building a house of mm -hmm. hell. And the reason that so many believers are tormented is because even though you love Jesus and I have to keep saying this, you love Jesus and Jesus loves you but you have built a stronghold which is a brick house of lies and any house of lies will have hell rum roaming through it which is why many of you have hell running through your money wow. hell, because wow. you have taken the bricks wow. you've taken the bricks, money don't grow on trees, you've taken the bricks it's not enough, you've taken the bricks that rich people are selfish, you've taken the bricks that all the church wants is your money. You've taken the bricks and you built a house. Yep. So here's what happens. You begin to hear that now wealth and riches should be in your house. Mm -hmm. You begin to hear that um he's giving you the power to get wealth. Yep. You begin to hear that, right? Yep. But the problem is you still live in a house. Yep. So now you got to use those new bricks to build a new house. And what you want to do, which is why Jesus says, he says, I'm not going to do your heart over. I'm going to give you a new heart. Mm. So literally the work of the Holy Spirit is to get you to move out of this one yes. house and move into a new house. And that is why we talked about last week, the level of discomfort we can feel. Mm -hmm. Even without someone, I don't know if I told you this, but someone was telling me um, when you told the story about your bike last week mm. and how you wanted to buy the bike and then you didn't buy the bike because of guilt and all of this stuff that came up and then when you did build the buy the bike right she sent me a message and she said literally that set me free mm. now it's a bike to somebody yeah. Yeah. she said but it set me free because i realized how many times and she said literally so and then this other girl sent me a message and said she said that someone gave her some flowers mm-hmm and she said, I should give these flowers to my pastor. Mm. And the Holy Spirit said, these flowers are, are for, for you. you. Yeah. They're for you. Yeah. And she said she remembered everything we had been teaching. And she was like, it's okay for me to keep my flowers. Yeah. Yeah. So understand, we're not trying to teach you to be selfish. Right. We're just trying to teach you to live in the right house with the proper perspective. Yep. So if God tells you to give it, you know, he's not going to leave you empty handed, yep. but you're not giving because you don't think you have the right to hold it. Absolutely. Right. And so I, I, that's why I love this teaching. Well, and, and uh, here's why the teaching is, is necessary. The spirit of poverty is so incredibly destructive. Right. It's so incredibly destructive because what it wants to do, it wants us really to place ourselves in the role of a helpless victim. And you understand that any time that you see yourself as a victim, you actually give your power away. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that people haven't been victimized, mm-hmm. but there's a difference in being victimized and becoming a victim. There are people who have had horrific things happen to them, but they didn't see themselves as a victim. And because they didn't, they were able to overcome the horrific things that happened mm-hmm. to them. The spirit of poverty wants you to think that you not only are having horrific things happen to you, sometimes in the financial realm, but it's sometimes in other realms. But more importantly, it wants you to think that you're helpless. But I remember the Bible says that we are not in this world without hope, without hope. We are not. And in if this we world are born hope. again believers, it doesn't matter what comes our way. It does not matter what we're facing. It doesn't matter what shows up. We have not been left alone. We are not in this world without hope. You and I and all of us who who are born again, not only have we been justified, but we've been given the Holy Spirit to reside on the inside of us. You said there were three things we needed to do. We needed to have wisdom. We needed to believe the wisdom. We needed to act on the wisdom. Amen. All of that begins with understanding who we are and who's in us. Yes. Because then when we understand that we have the Holy Spirit, the the, the paraclete, the teacher of all teachers on the inside of us, there is no information. There's no... um, there's, there's, there's no knowledge that we need that we can't access. The Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, it says let him ask of God who gives to him unbraided or he gives to him liberally or he gives to him without constraint. So literally, if you understand that the spirit of poverty wants to keep you a helpless victim, but yet you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Holy Spirit is greater than the spirit of poverty. So if you latch on to the Holy Spirit, yeah. he'll rise you up out of poverty. No, that's really good. He'll get you out of that. Why? Because he is a stronger, uh, more definitive spirit than the spirit of poverty. It's subject to the Holy Spirit. I love that. And there are two ways I want to show. I want to talk about how religion shows up in that. Okay. Right. The first way that you can see that a religious mindset is trying to overtake you is that when when chaos is going on around and it's trying to get you to sink into a victim mentality is you say God is in control. Mm. That is the language of people who are operating from a victim mentality, because what it says is now there's nothing for me to do. I'm going to take my hands off of it and give it all to God. Because in reality, what they're doing is abdicating their responsibility. Yes, they are. They're abdicating their responsibility and saying, if it's going to work out, God's going to do it. And if it's not going to work out, then God must not have wanted to. And that, and that is, that is religion. That is, that is, that is not, a relationship with Jesus because there are things that we are supposed to do. He, he's not going to come do for us what he's given us the power to do. Say that again. He's not going to do for us what he's given us the power to do. How silly would it look to get up in the morning and go to your car with your keys and say, if God wants this car to start, then he's going to start it. Come on. If God want, to, if God want me Talk to go to work it. this morning, then he's going to start this car because he's all powerful. And if he don't start it, he must need want me to go to work. That's insane. He's giving you the power to start the car. And so it's important that we don't abdicate responsibility for the things we're supposed to be doing and then try to blame it on on God. Well, and I think this is important because I want to talk about this because this is just somebody told me they feel like when we're doing these lives that they're just getting to sit at our house and listen to us talk. So I like that. Okay. so but I think it's important because what people do is they go, well, God is sovereign. And I think it's very important to understand that in his sovereignty, he has given us 
choice. Yes. So no one says God is sovereign. If he wants me to brush my teeth this morning, he'll come and brush them because God is in control. Right. But when it comes to things like I need a new job, I don't make enough money. Then it's like, well, God is in control. Come on, guys. We have to be active participants. We have to participate yes. in our own yes. rescue. Yes. The second thing I, that I want us to know how religion gets involved is we begin to think that saying that God is going to give us wisdom means that everything we need is going to be found in the Bible. Right. And so then what happens is, is that there are people who are believing to be wealthy, but they don't believe they don't read any books about wealth. Yeah. And so no one I use the example that no one would want a doctor. No one would let a heart surgeon um, operate on them who only read the Bible. Yep. How many of y'all gonna let a heart surgeon operate on your heart who's only read the Bible? Right. You expect that if he believes she believes that they are supposed to be heart surgeons, that they will participate in the process to become a heart surgeon, yes. right? So if you believe it's the will of God for you to be wealthy, yes, you're going to take the scriptures, but then you're going to be intentional about going and getting the information that will make you exceptional at what you do and learn the tools that you need to learn to help you manifest wealth. Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense to me. And I hope it makes perfect sense to them because here's the thing. We can get even more macro than that. You know, people say, well, well, I want wisdom from God. But sometimes what they're thinking is they want the heavens to open up and thunder to roll and lightning to strike and the God give them some specific plan. I've had wisdom given to me because sometimes I was going to go to Walmart at two o'clock and God says, don't go to five. Amen. I go at five o'clock and I meet somebody. I see somebody there who I hadn't seen in a while start talking about something. And they give me the answer to what I needed. Now you think, OK, well, wow, I didn't even realize it could happen that way. Every time we obey God, he's leading us down the path yes. to more and more wisdom. So you don't even have to just be seeking wisdom as much as you have to be seeking to be obedient to the unction and the prompting of the Holy Spirit when he's telling you to do something. You got to learn to move like he said. You got to learn to move like you he know, says. You know, if you think about it, I actually discovered the work I was supposed to do at a seemingly random conversation in Walmart mm. where I was talking about all of this stuff that I was doing. And the guy is talking to me and he's like, well, you sound like a life coach to me. Mm. You sound like an executive coach to me. Honest to goodness truth. I was doing the work of coaching and had never ever heard the term life coach i did all i knew was athletic coaching right, right? right. and I, because i go to walmart at this right time and i'm trying to figure out because i have been spending years trying to figure out exactly what my work looked like and he has a man there that gives me the next piece but let me tell you something if that man had given me the next piece and all i did was say "Ooh, i'm supposed to coach people yeah. Ooh, i'm supposed if to you coach never people. got better at your craft Never got if certified. Never, never found out about marketing. Never found out about how to use the, the, the a tool, social media, to be to sort of to expose your uh, problem solving solutions to the world. You had to do something. There were there were late nights that I mean that you would I'd be up watching movies and you'd be in there studying about how to how to how to market across social media. You took classes. You spent money. You did something to improve your craft. And what we're saying here is that the poverty mindset wants us to believe that we that what happens to us is a result of outside forces. Yes. That we can't control it. And what we're telling you is that the spirit of poverty wants you to think that because it turns you into a helpless victim. Yes. But you are not helpless. You in are fact, not helpless. Go ahead and type that in the comment section. Say, I am not a helpless victim. Yes. That's right. You are not. Ma'am, sir, you are not a helpless victim. You are not in this world without hope.
Yes. No, I, I want to say this because I think it's really important um, because whenever we're talking, I'm always trying to pull out the things that I think will really help people practically live this out. There's something called the law of compensation. And so many times we confuse um, our value to God and our value to people that we love. Right. Mm -hmm. My value to you is not the same as my value in the marketplace. Right. right? How do you increase your value in the marketplace? And if you think about this, God really set us up because he wants to freely give us wisdom, right? Yep. How do you increase your value in the marketplace? You increase the problems you solve. Mm -hmm. Problem solvers get paid more. And if you think about it as a born again believer, what a beautiful thing that God says to you. I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to teach you the yep. way to go. If you lack wisdom, I'm going to show you where it is. And then I'm going to use your problem solving ability to cause you to prosper. Yes. I'm yes, going to yes. use, and because one yes. of my pet peeves, I know you're going to talk about one of your pet peeves, yeah. but one of my pet peeves is to hear believers say the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous because they act like they've never been the wicked. Yep. And the whole time that I was the wicked going to a club, going to a concert, <laughs> I have never driven by the church and said, oh, we, I'm not going, instead of going to the club tonight, I'm going to take my money and go in here and put it in this offering plate. I have never said that one time in my life. How do you get the wealth of the wicked transferred into your hands? You must be proficient at solving problems. Yes. And the greater the level of the problem that you can yep. solve, then the more income that will come to yep. you. Now, listen, so what people say is, so it's very important to understand you're not going to make $100,000 as a cashier. Right. Unless you own the store. Right. Because ca being a cashier, while it is solving a problem, it's not considered a high-level problem. Right. And one of the things that bothers me is that I see so many believers. The Bible says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. And I see so many believers who hate being in the position of authority. Mm. They want to lay under the radar and they want to sit back and act like God is going to drop money into their lap. They want to quote scriptures about the transfer of wealth, but they don't position themselves to solve problems. Mm. Problem solvers get paid. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So that's my pet peeve. What's well, yours? It's really the same as yours. Really, you know, it's this idea that, and I think this is why sometimes we, and I use this terminology, we turn off some church folk. We do. And, and the reason, and I'm okay with that, but the reason that we turn off some church folk is because we do not believe that this idea that God is sovereign abdicates us of our responsibility of doing those things to make our life better. Yeah, you. Yeah, y'all all share the, this. The, the book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom. Yes. But but even when we talk about Proverbs 31 and, and people love to talk about the, the, the virtuous woman. Right. She was working. She was, she working. was doing stuff. And, and, and we don't read it all in there, but she wasn't just working and doing stuff. She it, she had planning meetings. She was talking with the folk who worked for her. She was having strategy sessions. She was goal setting I mean, all of that in order to get the outcome in church people. A lot of times, church folk, they just want to believe God. Now, don't get me wrong. You need to believe God. But what are you believing God for and what is it based on? So, like, you know, people say things all the time like, you know, well, well we talked about this. Well, I'm powerless to change it. God's going to have to do it. Or they say stuff like, you know, God is in control. So I'm going to sit here and, and, and just watch TV and let God handle it. 
stuff like that. Or 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 even when it came to to, to things like losing weight. You know, people are like, well, you know, God know I'm getting big. If he want me to stop getting big, you don't have to take the calories out the food. No, that doesn't work that way. God is in control, but you have a responsibility. You have a part to play. You know, I gained 30, 40 pounds in about a year because I was eating everything I wanted and I wasn't moving. God didn't do that. God didn't say, oh, I want strict to be big. <laughs> he didn't. That wasn't his plan. But watch this. The moment I decided I wanted to lose the weight, I couldn't just go to the altar and say, Lord, you know, lay hands on me. Let me shrink 40 pounds. He was like, if you want to lose weight, here's what you got to do. You got to stop eating a bunch of carbs. You got to stop eating so many calories. You need to move your body. Three simple things. And I did it and lost the weight. But I would be as big today as I was July of 2019 if I had just been believing God for losing weight. Come on. And I, and, on. and I don't know how to stress to people enough that you cannot be a person who's just sitting back waiting on God to do for you what you can do for yourself. That's right. Because God does the parts we can't. He doesn't do the parts we won't. He does the parts we can't. He doesn't do the parts we want. Yes. You need to write that down. Yes. God does the parts we can't. He raises up people to favor us when we can't do our part. He doesn't do the part mm -hmm. that we can do and we refuse to do. God's not going to read the book for right. you. God is not going to. He, he's not going to just have a job fall in your lap. And the truth of it is, is that even for people who just have jobs fall in their mm -hmm. lap, let me tell you what they've done. They have become known as a problem solver yes. in their industry. Yes. That is the reason they didn't have to apply for the job because they were thinking about someone who could solve a problem. And they went, oh, my goodness, you remember Edward Strickland when he used to reach out to him and see what he's doing. And so many of us, we are waiting on some kind of magic fairy dust to fall on our heads to make our name great but are you even excellent at the work you do now are you even i know you love jesus i know you know how to go up in high praise and tongues at right, your job right but are you excellent at the work that you do now are you known as a person who can solve problems so that when they were looking to promote that, that your name is the name that, that here's the thing. I know that there are obstacles against us. Sure, I know, I absolutely. know those things. We don't discount that, but you ought to be so good that they have to work not to pick you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he, here's the thing we have to, we have to admit today, all of us, that the reality of it is, is that we are where we are today based on our choices, mm -hmm. based on our choices and based on our most dominant thoughts. We are where we are. If we embrace that reality, then we can embrace the reality that we can change it. We don't see ourselves as being helpless. That's good. We don't That's see good. ourselves as being helpless. So let's talk real quick about the three uh, signs that people can see that they are suffering from a poverty mindset. You All can right. take the first one. Let's talk about those three. Number things. one, number one. You constantly blame others. Mm -hmm. It's always someone else's fault. It's your mother's fault for what she didn't teach you. It's your pastor's fault for what you didn't learn. It is your job's fault. It's your co-worker's fault. It's your husband's fault. It's the economy. It's fault. the economy it's the fault. fault. It's the color of your skin. It's, it's your my fifth gender. Grade teacher's fault. Your fifth grade teacher, right? 
And so if you you if you are a blamer and I really we're challenging you this week to pay attention to how many times you blame someone else. You blame someone. Hear me. We are not saying there are not external circumstances. What we are saying is that when you know who God is, you are unbothered by external things that try to keep you because they can't hold you. Mm -hmm. Many of you are stuck, not because of outsiders, but because you believe that they have yes. more power than your God. Yes. And I was thinking about this and, and it may seem arrogant, but it's really my confidence in him. I ain't found a hater yet that can stop us from where we going. Y'all need to share this broadcast right now so that somebody can replay that very statement. If you haven't shared this to your story, if you haven't shared this to a group that you're in, if you haven't shared this, at least on your personal page, you stop what you're doing and share it right now so you can repeat that statement to them. No, you better hear me. I ain't found a hater yet, the devil included, that can stop me from going where I'm going when I choose to obey God. I ain't found one yet. You know why? Because they don't, don't exist. exist. They you know, don't exist. I mean, you know why you ain't found one? They don't exist. And let me tell you why they don't exist biblically. Because the Bible says, he says, I know the one who frames the weapon against mm -hmm. you. So even if you plot and you try to take from me, and I'm going to say this when you go, and you can go into number two. You know, you know this to be true. Um, one of the biggest things in my industry of personal development is this idea that someone is stealing your idea. Mm -hmm. And you know for a fact that people have literally taken my whole workbook. Yep. They've taken my stuff and taught their own classes. And do y'all know what I do when they do that? I, I try to buy the first ticket. And let me tell you why I try to buy the first ticket. Number one, I believe this work ought to reach the world. I believe the whole world ought to know how to transform their thinking using the principles of God. But second of all, I don't believe in a scarcity mentality. I was about to say, that's because you don't believe in scarcity. I right? don't believe in scarcity. So you don't think that somebody who... Even Integrity or not, if they take what's yours and use it and somebody else gets blessed, wonderful. But your whole idea is even if they do that, it doesn't diminish what God has for me because what God has for me is for me. Is for you me. can't steal from me. So literally, if you try to steal from me, I bless you because you tried to steal from me because the only reason you would try to steal from me is that you don't know it's enough for you. Mm -hmm. I am telling you, I don't waste any time. And I see this so many for people who want to be entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. for people who want to, they literally will talk themselves out of doing something because someone else is doing something. I just got to tell y'all this. It is. Can over. you imagine if people decide they weren't going to sell burgers because McDonald's sold yeah, burgers? Can you? <laughs> Imagine it. Can you imagine the world if all we could eat was a McDonald's burger? Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if all you could eat was, was chicken from one place? Listen, it doesn't matter if you're selling lashes, lipstick, waist trainers, if you cooking, if you doing graphics, if you selling personal development, if you're doing exercise. There are so many people that you wouldn't even have the capacity to do them all. Think about how, think about how many McDonald's there are. They're they're always busy, but so is Burger King. And so, so is, is Chick-fil-A. So is Chick-fil-A. They're all busy. Why? Because so is Subway. Because there is no scarcity in this earth. It really is no scarcity. That's a trick of the enemy to make us think that there's scarcity in the earth because then there's something. If we don't have something, we feel like, oh my God, I either gotta hoard it or I'm never gonna get it. So we feel like they took something my from God. us. I say this all the time, mm. guys. Listen, it's over seven billion people on the planet. There are actively 
2.3 billion with a B active users just on Facebook every month. That means people who log into their accounts. And you can't have a 5,000 on your personal page. And you can't have a 5,000 on your personal page. But you think that because you want to coach and somebody else want to coach or somebody else want to make cookies or somebody, listen, do you understand that if you believe that, if you stop at that place, you have a scarcity mentality? You have a scarcity mentality. Yes. There is enough. I love it. Um, um, somebody in the minds in the thing, they said, what if Hub Dexter said, what if husbands and wives talk to each other like that's how we talk to our kids? Yeah. It's how we talk to our kids. It's how we talk to each other. You cannot stop me. Mm -hmm. What God has for me, it's for me. You're not being stopped by the devil. You're not being stopped by haters. You're being stopped My by God. your own poverty mindset that it's not enough space for all of y'all to be there. Stop playing the blame game. Stop playing the blame game. So that's number one. Stop playing the blame game. Number two, stop constantly complaining. Stop constantly complaining. Complaining is the absolute worst possible thing you can do, even for your physical health. Mm -hmm. Complaining only rehearses all the things you had no control over. Mm -hmm. Understand every aspect of your health, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, relational, and yes, even financial, all are succumb when you start to complain. When you start to complain, it takes away your creativity. Mm -hmm. It takes away That's your creativity good. to be able to get out of financial debt. It takes away your creativity to fix the relationship. It takes away your creativity to even go seek help if mm -hmm. you need it mentally. It takes away your creativity to find out an exercise plan that works for you. Mm -hmm. You and I have both been on this healthy, healthier journey, right? We're not just calling it a diet because we're talking about a lifestyle change. But the way you've gone about it has been different than the way I've gone about mm -hmm. it. You can't do keto. I cannot. It, 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 it makes you bloated. You don't feel well on it. I can't eat as much roughage as you eat. It does a lot of crazy things to me. You like to walk and, 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 and move your body that way. I like to ride my bike. We have to learn that different people do things differently, even if you're on your way to the same goal. Yes. But if I'm constantly complaining, I don't even hear Holy Spirit when he says, OK, I want you to do this. I want you to do it that way. And I also will say this constantly complaining happens when you start comparing. Mm -hmm. Comparison is a killer. Yes. Comparison is a killer. Stop comparing yourself to other people and start living your life based on what Holy Spirit is instructing you to do. But most of all, stop all of the complaining. Stop complaining. You know, Can, well, I know ahead, you're about to read ahead, that scripture, but listen, it's a lot. Of, and I want to say this because I want to challenge you because we're challenging you to look at yourself this week. Do you know it's a lot of nice people who really complain? Yeah. Like people think because they're nice, they're not complainers. And they don't always even think they're complaining. They think they just keeping it real or just telling the truth. But it really is complaining because to the definition, the, the true definition of complaining is to talk about something you can't control. But if I can control it, then I don't have to be talking bad about it. I don't it. have to complain about it. I can just control it and change it. And a lot of nice people. So if you if you if you identify as a nice person, could you really check how much you complain? And and, and complainers find a problem for every solution. Mm -hmm. that, that they always find what's wrong in a room. They come into a room and it's thirty things right, and they focus on the one yeah. thing. And and now let me tell you something: what complaining will do, because you said it you said it back there. You said what you focus on expands. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is it's that a universal law. It is what you focus on expands. So when you become 
become a complainer, you attract other complainers. Yes. And then before you know it, you're surrounded by a group of people who can't solve a problem to save their lives, but they can pick a hole in everything. And if anything, my, my kids know that I can't stand this. Yep. Man, if you're going to bring me a problem, bring me a solution. Don't sit back and talk about And here's what complainers do. They also become critics. Yeah. Complainers become critics because they've trained themselves to see everything negative, what's wrong with every situation, and they don't actually show up and solve problems because they're too busy criticizing. Yeah. They know what's wrong with everybody but themselves. Yeah, it's true. It's a, it's you, you said it. It's a universal law that whatever you focus on is going to get expanded in your life, right? It is the reason that the Apostle Paul began to talk to the church at Philippi when he said this to them in Philippians 4 and 8. And it's, I love this scripture. He says it to them. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, he's writing this letter. He says one final thing. In other words, I haven't told you all of these other things, but before I go, I've noticed some things about y'all. Let me tell you this. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true. He says, y'all spend all your time thinking about stuff that, that ain't true and don't matter. Come on. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true. He says, and honorable and right and pure. He says, and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I'm telling you, you need to stop thinking about all the, the bad stuff because it takes energy to think. So if I'm going to expend my energy, I might as well expend that energy thinking about stuff I could actually change and have a positive impact on my life rather than just focusing on complaining. You know, people who work with me know I don't mind you bringing me any kind of problem. But if you're going to bring me a problem, I hope that you thought about a solution, because if you just bring in a problem and you haven't spent time thinking about a solution first, that is an indication that you like to complain, because most people who, who, who find a problem, ought to spend some time thinking about a solution even if you don't know if you can implement that solution so i tell people all the time who work with me especially in ministry listen i, I don't know it all but if you find a problem don't just be telling me about 50 problems tell me about some solutions that we can help work and fix and fix this problem well the same thing is true in our in our thought life if we want to break free from the spirit of poverty we got to stop blaming and we got to stop complaining and we got to stop blaming and we got to stop complaining yep and then number three we have to you you constantly justify mm. that means so i blame complain and then justify why i, I do it i compl i blame i complain and i justify so for example mm. when someone says to you hey babe you're pretty negative you say i'm negative because x y and z mm -hmm. i only did this justifiers they, you they live talk my like life this. you'd be negative too just and, and they say stuff like I only did this because they did that. Mm -hmm. It's a, you're so you're blaming, you're complaining, and you're constantly yep. justifying. You always have a reason. You justify why you don't tie. You justify why you're not looking for a new job. You justify why you can't get along yep. at any job. You justify why you always getting fired. You justify why that. you late. Mm -hmm. You justify and you stay. She just said it. Yep. Elaine said it. You stay in the wilderness yep. because you keep complaining and you justify. That's exactly what it said. They complain. And because they complain, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. So how many of you are still wondering? Because you've been complaining. Because you've been complaining. How many of you can't see the solutions God has for you? You can't go into your Canaan because you're complaining. Amen. My God. You justify your situations. And here's another way. People say they don't care. 
That's oh, one of the big yeah. things when they just I really don't care. Um, or they but do, you do care, but you do care. In some situations, people say they don't care, but they really do care. They say that because they feel helpless to change it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or um, another thing that the spirit of religion does is that it tries to make people feel superior. Like I don't have money because I'm too spiritual to think about money. Mm. But yet on your broadcast, you always asking people to give. The Bible says money answereth what? All things. All things. Not all some things. things not all most things. things. It says money answereth all things. You know, it's funny. We were watching TV the other night, right? And somebody said on TV, um, oh, I know it was um, it was love, the marriage thing. Married at first sight. Married at first sight. And and he said to her that he would be happy. Oh, yeah. yeah remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, said yeah. he would be happy. To, if they would just be in together, even if they were in a cardboard box. And so it was a real mushy moment. And I it was real at, sweet. It was real sweet. And I looked at Edwin because he, I'm going to tell y'all, if he was going to say that he would be comfortable in a cardboard box with me, I was going to. I was going to lie. Y'all pray for me because I wasn't going to let him love me more than I loved him in, as we watching this mushy show. Right. But I said to you, I said, babe, would, would you be happy? Would you be OK living with me and just hanging out in the cardboard box? And you said, no way. And I was like, thank you. Jesus. No way. Thank you. Ain't Jesus. nothing happy about living in no cardboard box. Because I want you to know that even love needs finance. <laughs> even love needs finance. My dad right? used to say love. Without finance is a nuisance. <laughs> Love without finance is a nuisance. And in fact, you, if you look at the divorce rate, one of the biggest things that people break up about is money. Yep. They break up over money issues, the stress of money. Yep. So we talk about not complaining. Not, yep. You, you can't blame. Don't blame. Don't, don't complain. complain. And, and stop don't justify. justify. Yeah, stop All justify. right. Okay. So now you're going to give, we go do some steps and get yes, out of here. Yes. So okay. here are our strategies. Okay. So, you know, we don't come and just preach. We want to give practical based strategies. So, so if you have identified, oh my gosh, I, can, I blame too much, I complain too much, I justify too much, what can I do to break free from this poverty mindset? The very first thing you can do is learn to build the right team around you. Mm -hmm. You talked about how when people complain, what's in them attracts other, it attracts the same thing that's inside of them. So if you're a complainer, you're going to uh, attract other complainers. If you're a blamer, you're going to attract other blamers. If you're a justifier, you're going to attract them. So learn to build you a good team. We say this all the time. Your environment is what? Always working on Always you. working on always you. Working your on environment you. is always working on you. So make sure you have a solid team around you. I say it like this. You got to learn how to tame your, your team. team. You yeah. got to tame your team. If you find out, if you say, you know what? I recognize I, I do do a lot of blaming. Well, you probably got some people around you today who do a lot of blaming too. So you can't just flip the script on them uh, and then be like, oh, y'all just a bunch of blamers. You're going to have to teach them how to stop being blamers. And if they can't, then you're going to have to begin begin to kind of move them outside of your inner circle. I ain't saying you got to dismiss people or cancel people, but I can't have people in my close circle who are blamers, who are complainers and justifiers. I can love on them. I can be friendly with them. I can joke with them. But when I when I'm in a foxhole in a fight, I can't have those people on my team. So, number one, you got to learn to build a great team. But can I offer another side? of Absolutely. That? That sometimes you can have a great team, but because you're so not teachable and you're so not open mm. for instruction mm. that you don't realize that you're not actually elevating. People are pushing you away because you aren't teachable. Mm. One of the worst things yeah. you can do is have a great team around you mm -hmm. and they can't give you feedback yeah. because what will happen then is that literally you don't ever want. Pe I never want people to say about me. That's just Sean. 
Because when people start saying language like that about you, what they're saying is that there is no point mm. in trying to help mm. you be better. Mm. So as you're if you're looking at your team, because what we like to do, we like to be on the side of the team mm. where we're like, oh, I'm elevating mm. and I don't have time and I got to get them people out of my lives. But I'm going to tell you what nobody won't tell you. Sometimes you the people. Mm. sometimes you are the sometimes. person and sometimes you have great ideas and you have all these things that you want to do but on the other side of it you are a person who cannot take feedback and it's going to lead us into number two so like number two yep. it says don't speak the language of poverty because yep. i want to show you yep. how number one yep. ties into it so now we have this thing that we do to each other that when one of us says something yep. that's negative you say is that what you really want that in your you, life that, that really, is that, that what, what you, you really, really want? want do you want me to come into agreement with that <laughs> right. but me Many of you, you won't let people have those kind of conversations yep. with you. And so what you say is, I'm just trying to keep it real. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you. That's why you're stuck. And that's why you're broke yep. because you're keeping it real. You're not keeping it fake. And there's a difference in that, right? So if you're going to build a great team, you're going to have to not just think that you, I, I think sometimes we want to act like we're the leader of the team. And sometimes you may, and especially hear me, because I come back to this niceness, mm -hmm. especially if you are nice. You may not realize that because you are nice, you're not coachable. Mm. Because you are nice, you're you not teachable. You can be teachable. nice and stubborn. You can be nice and stubborn. You can be nice and stubborn. I can name about mm -hmm. 12 folks right now. <laughs> you can be nice and stubborn and unteachable. Nice and stubborn and unteachable. You know, and it's important because when we talk about the, somebody says, well, what is the, what is the language of poverty? You know, one of the things that we, we learned early on and praise God for it is that when we wanted to do something for our kids, or we wanted to do something for ourselves, or we wanted to do something for the ministry. There were times that what we wanted to do, we did not have the resources. Yeah, for. yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we, we just in the natural, in the we, natural, just, we, we just didn't have it. But what we trained ourselves not to say is, I we, we trained ourselves not to say, I can't afford it, or, or we could never do that. Oh, 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 there's no way we could do we, what we, well, we don't we, have the money. Oh, we don't have the money or that's for rich folks. We, we trained ourselves never to say that because that puts you in agreement with the spirit of poverty. Mm -hmm. So we would say we may not have the money today, but just wait. Or we would see some. Remember, we used to go. We used to go look at expensive. Well, what, what at that time was expensive to us because expensive is relative. Right. Because right. what we thought was expensive back then we live in and what we think is expensive now we're headed to hey, come on <laughs> and so it's, it's so we, we used to don't miss that don't miss that we used to see stuff and we used to go we'll be back we'll be back we would look at something we go we'll, we'll be, be back. back we would tell it we would speak to it why because if jesus could speak to the fig tree and he could tell the fig tree that no man shall eat of you anymore because it was supposed to have figs on it then we could speak to the furniture that we couldn't have we couldn't have at the time that we couldn't get at the time we'll and say, tell it we'll say we'll, we'll be, be back, back. we'll be y'all got some stuff you ought to start speaking to telling it You'll be back. We'll be back. Here's a good example. And this go really mess with some of y'all theology and some of y'all upbringing. Right. So one of the things is that there is a, a lot of people believe that their kids should struggle. And a lot of people believe that their kids shouldn't have new cars. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, you got to ask yeah. yourself where you even got yeah, that yeah. from. Why, why, did can't, you, why, why can't a 16 year old And have then a you car? say things like this. You say they got to have something. They got to have something to aspire to. So, so you want to give them a hoopty so they can aspire to a car that's not a hoopty? Come on, come on. And so we 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 also in our language of in our language against poverty, we don't let people tell us what we can do for our kids. Mm -hmm. 
We don't we don't let people tell and us we don't how. practice telling other people what they ought to do for their kids. That's right. I know a lot of people went crazy when Kim Kardashian turned that entire backyard into a winter wonderland. And people talking about that was just all over the top. All I could think of was, man, I can't wait till I can do that for my grandkids. That's all I was thinking kids, about. Kids, y'all missed out. But grandkids, we got <laughs> but something y'all, coming y'all, for y'all. Y'all kids are going, are going to live better than y'all ever lived. And you should hope that for them because every generation ought to get better and better. So we don't speak the language of poverty. And we especially don't speak the language of poverty around anything God has told us he wants us to have. Mm-hmm. We ne- If it's a house, even things we wanted to do for the ministry, mm-hmm. we didn't say. We, one of the things we do is we do what we can at our level, but we're always looking to elevate whatever the next level yep. is, right? Yep. Okay. And so then number three. Number three is you have to learn to eliminate unhealthy financial traditions. Now, you talk about this a lot, about things that people do with their money because of, of it's really a soul shift issue, a soul issue rather. And you try to show, soul shift them out of those yes. issues. But you got to eliminate unhealthy financial t- traditions. What do I mean? Unhealthy traditions pass from one generation to the next. If you are serious about breaking yours, it is possible to do so. You may need some intervention. You might have to sign up for a class or two, mm-hmm. you know, but 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 you can't just wish it away. There's going to have to be some work to get it going out of your life. Yes. You have to make a decision. Do you like where you are right now financially? Are you tired of the pressure of having debt? If so, decide today to do whatever it takes to achieve financial independence. And when I say do whatever it takes, I'm talking about hearing from the Holy Spirit. I ain't talking about doing something illegal or immoral to get out of financial pressures. But if you are having some financial pressures because you've been uh, operating and been influenced by the spirit of poverty, you've been complaining and blaming and justifying and has has led you down this path. I'm here to tell you today that there is hope for you. You can change. You can change. This is not a a life sentence for you. What do you have to do? You're going to have to learn some new skills. Why do you got to learn new skills? Because you have to replace the old ones. It's like a computer. If you got a computer and it's running Windows 95, all it can do is the best 95 can do. Right. You can't be mad that it's not running Windows XP or Windows 10 or whatever they got out now. You have to upgrade. We are the hardware. Our thinking is the software. We have to upgrade the software. We got to get more information. We got to get we got to transform our thinking to be in line with the word of God. We got to we got to surround ourselves with some other people who, who who know more than what we know. You and I, no matter what we're here teaching and people go, oh, my God, this is so great. This is good. And we appreciate that. Right. But every week we're trying to learn more. Every week we are trying to glean from other people who we deem who have either gone further than we're going or have information about some area that we don't. Why? Because we are constantly want to be lifelong learners so that we get better and better and better. And and I'm going to say it like this, that, that you guys may think is funny. When we are going places, we try to be the brokest ones in the room. Yep. But hear me. Now explain when, that. Explain when we that. are going places when we're going to meetings, when we're going spaces where there, we want to be the brokest people in the room. And the reason we do is because if we are the brokest people in the room, we have the most to learn. Yep. We don't always want to be in the room where we're the one giving. Some of y'all love to problem. be the one. Say, you, some look, of you, say that to them really clearly. Look in that camera and explain that to them really clearly because that's the problem with a lot of people. Many of you you like to be the top dog, the big fish in the pond. Yep. We intentionally put ourselves in places yep. where we know the least and where we have the least. 
Why? Because we have the most opportunity to grow. And this is just and we don't free. show up in those spaces trying to convince the other people of what we know and what we have. We go to be students, not to be teachers. And many of you, you don't have the art of being a student. You we go to those places and we sit down yes. and we shut our mouths yes. and we observe and we learn yes. and we ask questions. Yes. In this setting, we're teaching. We're not always trying to be the teachers because then we're tapped out because we know everything yep. we know, but we don't know what they know. You need to get in spaces that make you uncomfortable. Yep. You, we take vacations in places that make us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We stretch ourselves because it resets. Let me tell you something that we do. You, you talk that that's good. Come on, come when on. When we're looking for a house, we always look at multi-million dollar houses, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because if you look at anything long enough, it becomes normal. So if you look at a $25 million house, when you go back and look at an $800,000 life house, you go, that's just $800,000. Why? Because you've been over here looking at $25 million houses. So what we do is we always try to go in and set ourselves in an environment that's so far. And for those of you who are about to get really religious, let me help you. I'm going to take it away from money for a second. Because we believe in supernatural healing, we always study healing at a level farther than what we operate yeah. in. Yeah. We always want to know the stories about who was raised from the dead, about who didn't have eyeballs and eyeballs came into their head. Why? Because we want to sit in spaces where where we are right now sets a new normal. So when we go on vacation, we intentionally go on vacations to places that will expand us. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to be funny, but we wouldn't go on vacation and stay in a Holiday Inn because we can go down the street and stay in a Holiday right. Inn. We're going to go and stay someplace that we're going to wake up to something that's going to make us go, wait a minute. People live like this every single day. Yeah. And if you always look at if you if you need twenty five dollars, but you only look at people who don't have twenty five dollars, you can never grasp your mind around the fact that twenty five dollars is just twenty five dollars. Every time you take the opportunity to see something you've never seen before, it expands your opportunity. It, it expands your ability to to think of that as opportunity. You know, uh, it, I use it when, when with our marriage. Right. I didn't have a lot of people in my family who had what I called happy marriages. You said you didn't have a lot of people in your family who had happy marriages. We knew we wanted a happy marriage. We needed to see what that looked like. So we didn't just sit around other people who weren't happy in their marriage. We, found we intentionally people. found other people who, who we, and we used to ask, is this live or is it memory? Is it memory? Because we ain't got time to be fooling around with people who trying to look good out there and then they at home doing and the same stuff. And that was way we before social media. Way before social way media. Way before filters. We way. wanted to know were you live or memory? We right. telling our age, right? right? <laughs> and we would, we would go and we would be so uncomfortable in those spaces because those people were handling conflict in ways that we'd have been like, man, we'd have went off I on mean, them. They, they would be asking us questions about how we handle something and we was like, we were shamed to tell them how we handled it. We like, <laughs> we like, we go off if that happened. Right. If she did that to me, I cuss her out. I mean, that was, and, and it was so foreign to them because they were living at a level above us. But by seeing that, it showed us that we too could be there. Now, if we, we're not going to wish our way there. We got to get some tools to get there. 
And that's the reason we, we when we teach, we teach so practically about, hey, you need to have some tools because tools are what help you build whatever it is you're trying to get to. Which just goes right into number four, the power of repetition, mm. the power of repetition. Yes. So we hung with help. We we read books. We went to conferences and we hung with married couples. Don't get bored with, with repetition. repetition. Ooh. People get bored with repetition. I, I remember when I first started doing keto, right? And 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 I was people I started, I saw people saw me losing a little weight. They was like, what was you doing? And I said, Well, here's what I'm doing. And they said, Well, what are you eating? I said, Well, here's what I'm eating. They go, You eat the same thing every day? Yes. Because it works. Because it's working. Because it's working. I, I, literally for breakfast, for lunch, and dinner, I ate the same thing for 30 days. And somebody said, Oh, I just could do that for 30 days because you hate repetition. But how do you hate something that's working? But here's the thing. People don't actually hate repetition. Okay. You jack your life out with repetition. Okay. repetition. Okay. People don't All hate right. repetition. All right. If your life is jacked up, okay. if your money is okay. jacked up, if your marriage is jacked up, it's you didn't get there with one thing. If you, you, you All people right. like repetition. Okay. What people don't like is having to change. People don't like having to look at themselves and change. What I hear you saying is that people even learn poor financial skills through repetition. Through repetition. Poor relationship skills. Repetition. Mm, all right. So the same tool you use to learn it, that's how you're that's going good. to change that it. That is. You Y'all need to share repetition. this. This is good. This is good. Listen, we almost done though. Yep. But listen, so we the power of repetition. I can remember, because you know we use this thing, we'll be back. So there were places. You know, I, I'm going to use Vegas as an example okay. to storytell. When we first went to Vegas, our church sent us to Vegas on a trip. It I think did. it was our fifth. 15th anniversary. Maybe so. We had a bunch of little kids. We didn't have a bunch of disposable income. All we could do was just walk around and look. But there was something about Vegas. I I, I really love Vegas. I know y'all hate Vegas. A lot of y'all think the devil just live in Vegas. But I love Vegas and I tell you why. Because to me, what happens to me when I'm in Vegas, especially on the strip. Can I just say this? Mm -hmm. For those who think that the same devil they think is in Las Vegas is in Mariana. Is in their church. <laughs> it's, in, it's in their home. In the, it's in, in their bedroom. It's in them. In them. Okay, man. All right, okay. So I love Vegas, particularly the strip. I love the strip because here's what happens to me on the strip. I think if somebody could duplicate the Eiffel Tower, mm. I can live my dream. That's mm. a, that's why my dream is to take a group of people to Vegas mm. because I'm like, you if when you're in a place where you're watching imaginations become reality literally you literally they built a city on they the get, strip they have new york city there they, beside paris yes <laughs> they got italy there yeah so i love to go to vegas because vegas is a place that god uses to stretch me so when we first went to vegas we didn't have a lot of disposable income so we went to vegas and we were still having to just barely you know just but the church kid is good though they, they did they do, get us good though they did us good yeah. for the level yeah, that they yes, could do yes, they did yes, we not i'm yes, not i'm not yes, i'm not yes, checking them yes. right right and so um and so we said, we're going to come back. And every time we came back, we noticed that the things that used to be, oh, my God, to us yeah. started to be normal yeah. to us, yeah. started to be normal. So the first time we stayed at the Venetian, the first time we stayed, at the we like, oh, my God. Right. The, by the time we had stayed there, the third time we was like, oh, we home. We home. Wow. We're resetting repetition. And then we found out that where we had been staying wasn't the best room. <laughs> so then we was like, how we get into, I, I'm just trying to give y'all a glimpse into our lives. Anything we like, because number one, we believe believers ought to have the best of everything, right? We believe that, especially if, you rep, if you're if you going to represent mm -hmm. God. 
And so we believe if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they got a VIP room, we ought to be in mm. it. It's what we believe. And I know some of y'all just faded to black, but listen, you can keep eating them two for one coupon meals if you want to, but that's not how we live. <laughs> and what happened is we started, we always, and the kingdom of God is the same mm -hmm. way. We want to know what else is behind that door. And for many of you, you don't want to know what's behind that door. So you stay where you are. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things with one of the principles we learned from Dr. Ivy Hillier is you go as far as your faith can you take us. And Vegas is a great reset trip for us because in, every time we experience Vegas, we go as far as our faith can take us, which then goes to number five. We take action. Yeah, That's part of your CBA. So I'm gonna let you take number we five. We take action, right? So if I find out that someone is running their business a certain mm -hmm. way and their business. So now I'm a multiple six figure earner now. High five. Yeah, high man. Five, oh, high yeah. five. I'm mm -hmm. multiple six figure earner. I'm believing now. for the millionaire status on your business. And I want I want to have a millionaire business. So what did I do? I joined a millionaire mastermind. Mm -hmm. I joined a millionaire mastermind. Why? Because I don't know how to get there. I don't mind being in the room, not being the expert. Mm. In fact, I love it, right? When we go to Vegas, when we take our kids on vacation, when we're looking for furniture, when we're looking at miracles, when we're looking at what to do for the church, yeah. when we, we want, Pastor Edwin said, we want to upgrade how we're doing ministry. Mm -hmm. It's cool that we're doing Facebook lives, but I'm seeing some people with words on the screen. How they getting them words right, on the screen? Right. I'm like, how can we improve the experience for our people? Right. right. And so then we start researching and then you look at something and you go, OK, we'll be back. That's outside. We'll be back. And but you say, what can you do? What is the action you can take at this level? You're looking at somebody who because is called small incremental improvement is better than trying to wait till you can do it all at the end. Yes. Improve every step of the way. Take some action today to improve your life for tomorrow. Yes. Every single person on this broadcast, on all the different platforms we're on right now, on Twitch, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Facebook, every place that we are, live stream, whatever it is, everybody can take a small action step today to change your life for the better. Yes. Every single person. And I'm going to give them some practical things they can do. Okay. And then we we'll can finish, get out of here. Yep, we'll finish with our last three scriptures and we'll get out of here. Okay. I want you to get rid of the raggedy stuff in your house. The stuff that's raggedy that you don't have to have. Now, hear me. If your couch raggedy and you need it to sit on, I'm not telling you to get rid of your couch. But all that underwear that's stretched out, them bras with the underwear out of it, them socks with the holes in it, you have to get poverty from around you. You can't make that normal for you. You have to begin. Okay, God, I need some new socks. God, I need some new. But you have to get that out of your viewpoint because your what environment. You behold, you what become, you become. And you know it's biblical because when Jacob needed to have speckled, yes. when he needed to have speckled lambs yes. and speckled cow, cattle, what did he do? He, he put, put specks in, in yes. front of their face. And as long as you're looking at poverty, you keep that broke stuff, those shoes that hurt your feet, them shirts that don't fit anymore. Now, now, just, now think about that, though, because when you when you think about that, what they beheld, those cows, those calves, what they what they beheld became more powerful than their DNA. Ooh, woo. Because he didn't have speckled calves to begin with. Because Laban stole them. So the, the agreement was is you can have all the speckled ones, 
that gets produced because then that way I don't, they're blemished. He then took unspeckled calves, but every time he fed them, he put rods in front of them with the speckle so they could see it. And then what they beheld became more powerful than their DNA. I'm telling you what you behold become more powerful than your generations. It'll become any, any generational curse you have. It, it'll supersede your DNA. They say, well, well, well diabetes running my family. But if you behold health, if you behold health, well, my family's all we've always been sharecroppers and we always been broken. Ain't nobody ever been to college. But if you behold something different, if you look at something different, if you focus on something different, it'll you will become what you behold. The reason we can celebrate 26 years of marriage now is because we beheld something better than what we had. We beheld something better than what we had. And I'm telling you, today is the day that you ought to start making a decision to take some action to behold something better than what you have. We 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 never we never could pay anybody's rent until we could see ourselves doing mm -hmm. it. We begin when we when we when we would when people would reach out to us and all we had to give them was $25 for their yep. rent, we would be like, um, one day we'll be able to pay their yep. whole rent. Yep. One, it's one the reason right now that we are saying, yes, we give students $10,000 scholarships, but what do we always talk about? We go pay the whole four-year scholarship. scholarship. Yes. That's what we're, we're We're doing something right now, but there was a time, it, my God, there was a time that we didn't have the resources to even really commit to a $10,000 scholarship. We did not. But we made the commitment and God was faithful. God says, okay, now I want you to do it for every graduating senior. When we look through that list, we see that by the time the class of 2024 comes, that's going to be a $400,000 commitment. For, do you hear me? $400,000 by the time the class of 2024 comes through there. Are we concerned about the $400,000? No, we seen God be faithful when we didn't have it. So now that we are, we, we have, we have a, a, a whole account with resources in it that right now, as long as they give me their grades, we're ready to write the full check for everybody for the next semester, the next couple of semesters. Praise the Lord. And we're going to keep doing that. Why? Because our ultimate goal is not to give $10,000 scholarships. That's just where we are right now. That's where we are our right now. Our ultimate goal is to pay four year full tuition room and board for kids who graduate from fellowship of champion and watch this you heard it right here we're gonna do it we're gonna do it. you're gonna see us do we're it because that's what it. we're looking at we're not looking at today we're looking at where god is taking us to and then after we do that it's gonna be multiple four-year scholarships and let, let me tell you something you know i i want to say this because i feel led of the lord to say this this is the reason that i had to get free from wanting to be rich because I, I'm going to be wealthy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have millionaire businesses. And here's why. Because when you say we're going to pay full to with full four-year scholarships, I want to be able to say, I got two of them. Yeah. I, yeah. Can y'all handle the yeah. other 12? Because yeah. I got two all by myself. We should want to be the solution yes. like that. Yes. You can't be a solution broke. My God, you can't be a solution, bro. My goodness. You know, I remember we just wanted to, you know, our thing is we go buy our kids cars. Right. Yep. But I'm buying my grandkids their first house. Amen. Because do you know what life is like when you don't have a mortgage when you graduate? When you from college? start life without a mortgage? When you start without a mortgage, we started with cars, baby. I'm going to houses because he said he'll give you houses that you didn't yeah, build. That's right. There has to be something on the inside of you that says, 
I want to be a problem solver yes. in the earth. Yes. I want to be a problem solver in the earth. And it takes money to be a problem mm-hmm. solver. Listen, Paul said it like this. When people come to you, if some, if I come to you and say, I'm hungry and you say, I'm going to pray for you. Can you pray for me and give me some groceries? <laughs> right. Cause your, right. Uh, is your right. prayer about to become manna? You know, it's, it's so good. Listen, I love what Dexter yeah. just said. The Holy Ghost on that. You allow people to be employed under the anointing. Mm-hmm. The anointing will create jobs. Some of you, you scared to step up. You scared to step out and you don't even realize you thinking about being an entrepreneur and you supposed to be a whole corporation. You supposed to be the business man yes. so that you can <laughs> hire people. I like that. You're supposed to be the business man. <laughs> Yes. So what we're doing here, guys, there are too many people. Hear me. There are too many people with needs yep. for us to be comfortable being broke. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this. If you just want to know, I'm going to look you in this in yeah. this camera. Yeah. If you just want enough for you and your family, you selfish. Yeah. Because the vision is bigger than just you and your family. It is to impact the world. And it's too many broke people. It's too many people who are suffering. And it's too many of us who still need someone to give us the hundred dollars. I got tired of being in a place where I needed someone to bless me. Yeah. I wanted to create stuff so I could be the blessing because I'm not most like God when somebody's giving to me. I'm most like God when I'm giving to somebody yeah. because for God so loved the world that he gave. You know, Go I ahead. went through this. I went through this period where when, when, when we used to all get to meet together. Right. For about a year, whenever we went out to eat um, and there was a group of us, the Lord would told me to, to pick up the check. Um, and I didn't mind. I mean, the Lord said, do it. I did it, um, you know, in, 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 in different things. But I did on occasion ask the Lord. I said, Lord, why, why do you always ask me to pick up the check? He said, you told me you want me to you wanted me to make you the man. Mm-hmm. See, some of y'all just caught that because you want to know why people keep asking you for money, but you ask the Lord to make you the man. And he, and I said, I said, so so being a man means I got to always pay. He said, well, being a man means you always have to pay. I said, well, OK, God, I, I, I make me the man. then. If that means that when we go out to eat, I pick up whatever you got to do. But what he was really trying to get me to understand is that when you are the man, as much as you get in, as much as going to flow out. And if you understand you the man, you never have to worry about the outflow because, you know, the inflow is always going to be coming faster than the outflow. You know, and it, it, it's, it's like a water hose. You turn the water hose on. Water has you. As soon, if you got a long hose, as soon as you turn the water on, it takes a minute for it to get to the other end. But once it gets to the other end, it's always flowing. And as long as that water spout is on, the other end is always going to be flowing. He said, I just need you to be the water hose. Yeah, I'll be I'll be the water spout. I just need you to be the hose. I just need you need you to distribute to every place I tell you to distribute to. So my thing is, God, make me the man. And I want to say the other side of that is that I think that, um, you know, you should not be comfortable with someone else always picking up the tab. Yeah, I love to go to dinner with some of our friends. Back when we used to go out to dinner. All those years yes, ago. All those years <laughs> it seemed, ago. It seemed right? it was just back in March, because but my goodness. when we go out to dinner with our friends, we fighting over the tag. Yeah. 
People going to the bathroom trying to get to be the not hiding their purse, not adding extra stuff to the not sitting at the table saying who got me today. We literally go to dinner with our friends and walking in, we'll be like, we got it today. Yeah, and then yeah. the balance will be like, we got it today. We're trying and, to figure out who gonna who who gets to be the blessed. Who gets to not be who the gonna, blessed? Not who gonna be blessed, but who get who gets to imagine be. a a group of believers who are fighting to see who gets to be the blessing. You know, it happened in the Bible. Yeah. They gave so much that Moses had to say, hey. He said, can y'all stop? Can y'all stop giving? We ain't got no more place for the gold, for the silver, for the iron. Listen, we we, we, we can't do it. We, we don't have any more place. Y'all have blessed the house too much. What would, do you know how fast we could get to full tuition scholarships oh, yeah, if everybody started God. saying, my God. number one, I want to, pro I, I, I got to be blessed in my work. I got to be blessed in the work of my hands. I got to be a sower because I got too much to yeah, do because yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to. And there really is an anointing right now where God is really positioning people. And many of you don't even realize that you're being tested to see if you qualify to be a distribution center. Mm. You, you're Talk being, about that. You are being tested Talk to see that. if you qualify mm. to be a distribution center. Some of you, and you're going to see it even more over the next 90 days, that literally money's going to come to your hand. And before it can get in your mm. account, the mm. Lord's going to tell you where it goes. You're being tested to see if heaven can trust you as a distribution center. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have to have balance with this thing, right? You have to have balance with this thing that you're a kingdom millionaire and your heart yes. is to do it God's way, not your way. Because I want to say mm -hmm. this, because in doing this, there are going to be times where God is going to tell you that you can't give to who you want to give yeah. to. Or you can't give the way that you want to give to. And so we want to invite you into what God is doing. Yes. Yes. We want to invite you into seeing yourself. Our passion is education, yep. right? Yep. But your passion may be feeding the homeless. Your passion may be building homes so the homeless are homeless. Yep. Guys, you can't do that broke and you shouldn't do that begging other people to give into the vision. I saw people say it earlier, you, you can't be the solution being broke. You can't be the solution being broke. And so God people who wonder, us. people who wonder why the church talks about, well, the real indication of it is so that we can be a blessing to the world. That's the reason. That's the reason it. why. All right. Well, I'm you done. Yeah, the number five. Take, I mean, take take action. You know, you talked about it. So that's what they need to do today. Uh, quick recap. We said number one, you want to build a team. Number two, we said you got to stop speaking the language of poverty. Number three, we said you got to eliminate those unhealthy financial traditions in your life. Number four, you got. I'm gonna say it like this: you got to love repetition. Got to love right repetition. repetition. The right. You got to love the right repetition. You can't get bored with it. So understand the power of repetition. And then number five, take action. If you do those things, you can break free from that demonic spirit of poverty that tries to build up a perspective, a paradigm, or a mindset in your life. You can overcome that. Amen. So. Don't forget to sign up for the Zoom because yep. that's where we'll be next Sunday. Yep. Um, Clarissa, I know you're watching. Can you get us a graphic that we can put up to, to remind people every single day that they need to register and where we're going to be? And it's your opportunity to give. Yep. And I'm just going to tell you, if that don't stare you to give, you just ain't a giver. My gosh. I'm so excited to be able to be a giver to the things mm -hmm. of God. I love that we're able to be a blessing to so many people. And I just want to say this. Listen. I want you to hear this. As we talk about increasing and God birthing kingdom millionaires and millionaire businesses, let me tell you something, guys. We're not going to be hustled. You ain't no. got to worry about being hustled. We've said that before. You can't hustle. You, you, you can't, can't be hustled when you're obeying God. You can't be hustled when you're obeying God. And you're not. I want you to hear me. You're not obligated to give just because they ask. Right. 
your your responsibility is to obey God. Yeah. So if you're a partner of this ministry, virtual or not, you know, we believe yeah. we're believing for 100 percent. You want to know how we're going to get to giving away full scholarships? Here's how. 100 percent tithers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100% tithers. We firmly believe that when a church tithes, they don't have to ask the community for nothing. They give to We the become community. a solution for the community. We become a solution for the community. Yes. We don't have to ask them to give anything. Yes. I love that people are saying that this this um that this um, message today was super life-changing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Facebook and I'm going to put up the question, what did you take away? And what since it's super life-changing, everybody ought to be super sharing it, right? Super share. We <laughs> super want you share. to share. Share, share, share. Let's get this out to other people. If it's life-changing for you, it'd be life-changing for them. You know, I really enjoy, Pastor Sean, going back and reading uh, not only the comments on the broadcast, but when you post a question in the on the page, like, what did you get from this? I really enjoy hearing the different things that people got from it. I, we read those throughout the week, and especially on Sunday evenings, we sit down sometimes beside each other and we read them together, or I say, did you see this, or you did you see this? So she's going to put that in uh, on the Facebook page, uh, the Fellowship of Champions page. And she's going to put that question. What did you take from today's message? Uh, let us know. You know, we we, we want to make sure that we're we're doing something that is in the right direction to help change your life. Amen. Amen. So there's you, so there's multiple ways you can give. You can see that on the screen. Most important, join us next week for all the services we have available. Mindset Monday, uh, Tuesday night prayer. Refresh Bible study, ignite on Thursday. Victory Zone uh, lessons are available anytime. You can take those and share those. Go to the website and share those with your younger children on their iPad or their tablet. You can do that anytime. Join us on Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. with Christian Valley Worships as we kick off another Sunday. Now, remember, the only way you get to be a part of what we're doing next week is if you register. It's 100% free doesn't cost you anything but you do have to register so please go to that link that they have on the uh page on the on the broadcast there and, and go and just register today just get it done today click it and forget it click it and forget <laughs> it click it and forget it so you can be there for, for next week's work i want to answer this question because people sure. have asked this okay people have asked why do we teach so long and I and I will, I'm gonna answer this question. That? People have asked me oh, in, in oh, Messenger oh, oh, why oh, we oh, teach so oh, long, not as an insult, oh. but they're just curious. I want to tell you this. <laughs> like, because you, you have to get, get salty. Come on down. Like, no, you come, can always leave. Babe, no. calm down. Listen, one of the reasons that we teach so long, um, and we don't see it as long. The average movie is about an hour and forty minutes, mm -hmm. and we believe if you can give your time to a movie to binge watching and we, and people who've been with us since 2000 will tell you that we believe this. Mm -hmm. You're not going to undo your life in a 15 minute message. Right. Now you may feel good because you checked the box for church, right. but you have to learn to sit and be taught. When I was in law school, they don't let you work the first year. And they don't let you work the first year because they believe in something called immersion learning. Mm -hmm. What we know about new language, the the fastest way to learn a new language is to be dropped in the middle of this in, the, in that place and have mm -hmm. to learn the immersive language. Mm -hmm. So when we are teaching like this, we are doing it because we want to immerse you. You're going to whatever we're teaching about, you're going to get off. You're going to go back to your regular life. You're going to go back. You're going to see people talking broke today. You're going to see people talking sick today. You're going to be see people doing all of that stuff. We're trying to give you enough that you can actually shift. 
We don't want y'all to be emotional. Haven't you been emotional running, jumping long enough? Don't you want to finally run and yes. jump because you got the thing that God said? Yes. So what we say is this. If you get tired, get up and walk around. If you get tired, go out and come back. But we believe that this is what God has called us to transform lives. And we believe, and I'm- the and, the great, and the great thing is you can listen to this in segments if you need to. It's up, once, we, once it's up there, it's up there. So you can listen to 15 minutes here, 10 minutes there, whatever, whatever you need to listen to, uh, as long as you need to listen to it. <laughs> and I'm going to say the thing that Pastor Ed Wynn say because he's a much nicer person than me. If you're not willing to invest two hours on a Sunday to change your life, you really don't want your life changed. Yeah. And the truth of it is you don't qualify to have it change. Yeah. So I wanted to answer that because I've had several people ask me that. And they say, you guys know you teach a long time. We do. I love what Jerry, Jerry, um, Jerry JT Queen said. He said, as long as you teach and I'm listening. That's Amen. what I'm talking about right there. Because if you're not trying to be in the same situation, <laughs> you can't keep doing the same thing. Right. My, so, my petty rose up. Your I was petty like, I was like who asked that question? I'm like, where they at? <laughs> but you're right. That's a great way to answer the question. <laughs> so, I'm like, you can always leave. <laughs> no, you have to explain. You, right. you gotta explain. You're right. You, right. you taught me that. You're right. <laughs> All right. We love y'all. We about to get out of here because you know why? Because the still is playing at new and we got to go. All right. We sign up. We love y'all. God bless you. Come to Mindset Money if you can. Come to Tuesday Prayer. Come to Refresh and join Kristen. And what? Share and give. Share and give. Share the broadcast. Share Make sure and that give. you give. And Amen. thank you again to everybody who sold into our lives. And thank month. you we to really Ralph and to Chase on the back end of the broadcast. You guys did an excellent job. I love the way y'all had things coming up at certain times. I love the way you had certain scrolling things, certain static things. You guys are the bomb. Appreciate y'all. All right. We love y'all. So we just decree and declare God's blessing over you this week. We decree and declare that your ears are open to hear the instructions that God has for you. There are opportunities for any increase for you this week and we declare that you will not miss them and what God increases you with the enemy will not steal it from Amen. you in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen Amen bye bye everybody bye -bye.